It's a Friday show. No mailbag, so to speak, unless the bold question is, behind Kevin Durant, who has been the most important Brooklyn Net? We dive into it all right after the theme music. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, that's right, friends. It's the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. I'm Adam Marbrecht. He's Doug Norrie. We thank you for making us your first listen of the day free on all those great platforms. And as you heard at the top, this is a bit of a bold question posed by my just lovable, precocious co-host, Doug Norrie, trying to kind of speculate in what has been a really weird year, Doug. Who's been the second best player on the Brooklyn Nets roster? Yeah, I was thinking about this today, and you can hear my voice is a little scratchy, so bear with me on this one. We're going to be an absolute hero effort and tough through. Adam, you were was, talking this out, right? You were talking it out actively. That's why you're so hoarse. Well, it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be. A, we we're supposed to have a guest, but that didn't fall. That <laughs> fell through. It'll be next week, and then it was going to be a solo episode. But you can hear how this is going. So Adam is Adam's actually the true hero. Not all heroes wear capes uh, in this case. But you know, I was thinking about going into the episode around. This has been such a crazy Nets year. And it's been so all over the place in terms of personnel and starting lineups and, you know, who's been in, who's been out, who can play, who can't, you know, and sometimes the who can't has been the, the biggest thing. And it got me thinking, like, who has been the second best player over the course of this season, right? Not just right now, like who, mm-hmm. like, not if, not if, like, everyone is healthy and they step on the court, who's the best, second best player? It's Kyrie. Okay, it's easy. But I'm saying if you had an end of the year dinner, like we used to have in the, you know, all of our travel rec leagues and stuff and said, you know, who's the MVP and maybe who's the second best player, the team, you know, team effort or whatever it's going to be over the course of this Brooklyn Nets season, who has been cumulatively the second best player on the team or second most impactful player on the team. Or like, I was trying to frame it that way, because I think when you look at it like that, the answer is not very clear. And if Twitter could be any, um, if Twitter can just be any example about this, because I posed it to the Nets fans and I had a bunch of responses the responses were kind of all over the place. Like there was at least six different people that were mentioned as, and, and reasoning behind it. But I think we can kind of try to break this down and see if we can find an answer. I don't, I don't think, I mean, I have who I thought my answer was going in and I think I'm still going to stick with it. But at first it was like so crystal clear who that was. And even in the course of just reading responses and interacting with some people, I'm not sure if that answer is going to end up being correct. Yeah, it's interesting because so you shot me the the text that said, hey, here's what I'm going with. And then also, could you come save me, which I'm happy to do, of <laughs> course. Um, but but so I try to think about well, how, how are you going to contextualize this? Right. Yeah. And there's like you say, 19 games, Kyrie Irving. Unfortunately, we're going to take him off the table. Well, OK, <laughs> I don't want to be I, I, it's funny about that. I, I don't think we can. It's This is how crazy this net season is. I actually don't think we can dismiss those 19 games like okay. I, and this is and this is what becomes funny. I'm not saying you need to answer that. That I'm not saying he has to be the guy, but I, it, the, the, the net season is so off the rails at this point that a guy who's played 19 games, like actually has to be part of the real conversation. This wouldn't happen on any other team, but he has to be part of the conversation. Even when you look at the season cumulatively. Right. So I'll, I'll, then I'll put it this way. Cause I think we have some more interesting, uh, interesting players to take a look at yeah. because he's played in 19 games. The first thing I did was I go, 
I, 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 maybe it is Kyrie. Maybe maybe those 19 games are that important, and he has had some epic performances. But because when you just went back and looked over the last you know three weeks or so, and you see the set, the losing streak, Kyrie Irving was there for the losing streak in all those games. So I think if he if, if the team had been 16 and three in those 19 games, you could stand here and look at the record and go, boy, without him, who knows where you would be right now? So he could be not just from a talent standpoint, also inside of this context, the second best player on the team. Yeah, and it's funny because I think right now, and I and if, if I had to say, I didn't put it as, up as a poll, but just in terms of some people that jumped in with Kyrie takes and the people that liked it back, my guess is most fans, if this was up for a vote right now, would put Kyrie uh, as the second best player. I do think that's a little bit of um, what have you done for me lately, which mm-hmm. has been amazing. Like, so it's not that it's, you know, he's got a 50 point and a 60 point game, like in not too far in between each other um, with a game in between. So clearly over the last two weeks or whatever, Kyrie Irving has been the second best player on the team. It's not close. So it's not a debate. The problem is sometimes our short-term biases can influence the fact that this guy did not even start playing until January yep. and can still not play in half the games. And so when you look at it, 19 games, it's, it's, it's a testament to him that again, like 19 games is even as even like, wormed its way into the conversation like suggested that he could be in this context yeah and it's like you can make a real case and like and you can make a very very strong case for it because even his wind shares and stuff are starting to climb but i i don't it was mostly i just didn't want to dismiss it out of hand even though it's 27 percent of the season as a testament but i do think if we are and, and by the way by the time we get to the last game of the season yeah and you can pile on a few more here it probably is a little more clear because he's up to like, you know, 33% of the season or 40%. Now he's not going to get that high, but um, I think it actually will be a little more clear, but as of right now, March 17th, uh, you know, we're recording this on Thursday for Friday's episode. Um, I just don't think you can do it with 27% of the games played. And we also can't, I can't say Ben Simmons, right? I mean, that, that, that would be, that'd be awkward, <laughs> right? That'd be, that'd be a weird one to throw out there. Although you could do, you know, I don't know who's behind the scenes. <laughs> who knows? Who, yeah. You don't know what the impact has been. Um, and no, it, so that, that did make it interesting. And because, the first thing that I went to do, I guess, to contextualize where I was going to look was saying, well, who have been some of the more consistent players from an availability standpoint, right? Because we know sure. it's not just about from a broad stroke standpoint, when you think about games played this year, even inside of guys that have been up and down as far as what their roles have been with the team, you know, well, Marcus Aldridge right now, because he's been down. Now I'm not saying I was going to throw him out as the second best player on the roster, but from a games played standpoint, I think that you look at what percentage, to your point, right? Not a high enough percentage for Kyrie Irving. There's only, at this stage of the season, and this may seem like a lot or a little to you, but you know, Kevin Durant's played 43 games. James Johnson, LaMarcus Aldrich, uh, Javon Carter, (laughs) maybe he was going to be in there for you. Uh, DeAndre Bembry, not on the team anymore, played in 48 games, started 20 for you. Blake Griffin played played in 53 games, and he's completely dismissed off the table because he's been buried outside of that one little appearance he had in the blowout against Orlando, right? So that was the first thing that I tried to contextualize this with is games played. Does that sound like a fair way as a jumping off point? Because I think given that some of the most important players haven't been available for various reasons, you have to look at, at at players or I chose to look at players that have been there on a game in game out basis and giving you some level of consistency from whether it starts games played minutes played. And sure. then you can look at the specific impact they had in those games. 
Yeah, look, availability is a skill, right? Like that is a basketball skill. When you are not available, you are worthless. So like when you, uh, you're short of just being a negative win share player, and there are a few out there, most times they're rookies. Um, because it's it's hard to get so far into the negatives where your team actually still gives you chances, right? Like rookies are able to die, are really able to to tread further down onto the win share list because teams just aren't going to give up on them, right? Like they're just going to keep letting them go play, and even if it's bad. So, but in terms of just overall availability, typically it's two things: one, you know, ability to stay healthy really matters because again, when you are not healthy, you cannot help your team win, and then two, minutes played usually indicates that your contributions have been on the plus side, right? Or else your minutes will go to somebody else. (laughs) Like that's just like a very clear one-to-one thing. So sometimes in this case, like longevity or, or endurance or, you know, whatever it's going to be, your ability to stay on the court is a signal that you're doing other things. Well, it's not just because like you're the last heartbeat (laughs) on the, on at the end of the bench and like, they're going to roll your old bones out there. Like it, like you playing the minutes. So let's just, let's just start right there because I think you're couching it that way. If in this case, if it was just looked in terms of straight up minutes availability, like, and, and he's been good, right? Like who are you going to go with you? Cause you were going on along these lines, right? Yeah. I mean, l- listen, you, you can say, you know, games played and then also minutes per game. I think with consistency, there's a couple sure. of guys to get into here. I, honestly, you know what? Let's get this. I'm going to well, get, just say, uh, just say his name. Like, like uh, you're going to go with Pat, It's Patty Mills, right? Like I'm going to start with him. Okay. I'm going to start yeah. with him as a candidate, um, specifically for the reason. We're going to dive in deeper here in a second, but because from that from that standpoint, you can look at Patty Mills. You can start to go down that line if you want to follow my theme here and look at guys that have basically played a high-level number of games and also not started or been come off the bench, just been consistently performers there. And just to couch this, too, as we'll look at Patty Mills and what he did over the course of this season, you already mentioned contextualizing where we are in this moment versus where we've been throughout the season. And then I mentioned a handful of guys there, you know, Bembry, not even on this team anymore at this point, or a guy like Blake Griffin, where at some point along the way, he may have said, this guy's really rounding himself into form. If you ask this question two weeks into the season or, you know, 20 games into the season at the midway point, if we said, who's been the second best player after you know taking Kyrie off the table, where are you going to go? Pre-trade, post-trade, like there's, <laughs> it's this weird, you get into this weird place where you go, should guys that came should, should Steph Curry be included in this? I'll tell you why I think it specifically comes down to Patty Mills, and I have a couple other examples there as well. First, let's just quickly tell you about our friends over at Bet Online because, as you know, it's that time of year again as March Madness gets underway with college basketball. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. Bet Online remains the best spot for all those sports scores, the podcast, the news that you want to get this season. And it's not just basketball. You know that, friends. Bet Online is your continued source for all the sporting wagering information needs, including life betting on your favorite Vegas casino games. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. So that was that was a very bold tease. Patty Mills. So the reason being, though, I, we, we know and we just talked about him on the last episode, right, saying, hey, listen, as you get towards the end of the season here, Patty Mills is going to be a guy that's going to play closer to 15 than 20 minutes. He's going to come off the bench, hopefully knock down some big shots for you. But if you contextualize the fact that he's played in 69 games this season, he started 46 games for the Brooklyn Nets and like go back to pre-trade, go back to the beginning of the year when you didn't have Kyrie Irving. And Kevin Durant dealt with some minor injuries. 
Hattie Mills had to do the heavy lift from a scoring perspective. There were games where he was all that they had. And even though you can look back in the last two months, let's say, and say, oh, well, you know, his numbers have been down. The minutes have been down. When you dial back to the beginning of the year, when he was giving you, as it goes in kind of descending order here, listen, however you want to contextualize it, man, he gave you 11 points. He gave you 13 points. He gave you 17 points when you go into the month of uh, of January, sorry, December there. Then it starts to drop off a little bit, but still with 13 and a half. This, this kind of falls into the same area when we talk about a guy like Joe Harris, Harris in previous seasons, right? When you look at the box score and you say, okay, so the guy's averaged 13 points a game this year, that, that's the second most important player. But what type of shots was he knocking down, right? Critical three-pointers. There were stretches this season where Patty Mills was as elite from beyond the arc as Joe Harris has been in his career, and Joe Harris is one of the all-time three-point shooters. The consistency and availability of Patty of Patty Mills at least makes me put him into that category. Maybe the difficult part is that we know how much it's fallen off here and the difficult stretches that he's gone through and how his role has been diminished with the additions now of Seth Curry and Goran Dragic. Yeah, I think so. I think there's a pretty strong case for Patty Mills. It's mostly based on accumulation more mm-hmm. than just like straight up skills, right? Because you're never if you're looking at Patty Mills as like the second best player on your team on a game to game basis, your team stinks. Um, yes. He's great. Like I, it's not against him. Like I loved everything he's done about him, but I think we could all agree that if Patty Mills was your second best player over the course of an 82 game season, as by design, like the team has real, real problems. Right. And so, but when you look at what he's been able to do and in terms of just being like malleable in terms of what they needed him to do over this time, right? Like he's had a start at times. He's had to take a lot more shots than they ever planned. He's had had ball handling duties, which he's like definitely not equipped to do that over the long term. And he's done it. Like he's played 350 plus more minutes than the next closest guy on the nets. 350. That's like 10, a lot of minute games, right? <laughs> like 10, yeah. 35, 10, 35 minute game. You play 35 minutes a game in the NBA. You're a very good player. Like, that's basically 10 very good players worth of games that he's played more than the next closest guy on the team. He's only missed one game this season. That's really counted. You know, when Joe Harris got hurt, they needed this exact skill to be able to like stretch the court a little bit. I think there's a really good case for him. The problem with him is when you, it, it go, it really just goes back to what I said before is if you're calling Patty Mills, your second best player, it's like just hard to do it. Like there's a little bit of cognitive dissonance around it. Cause it's like, how can that even be true? Right. Like, like, like how, how can that be, be true? I can't, I can't really make a great case against it except for that. Right. Like, and, and that's, and again, this is why I find this question to be sort of fascinating around the course of the seat. We're 70 games into this and it is not crystal clear. So we, we made the case for Kyrie or against the Kyrie. I think you outlined pretty well about the Patty Mills thing. And like, availability has really counted. Like this team would have been even in more dire straits had he not played almost the, every game of this entire season. And by the way, just to, just to put his, you know, his full season on display here, he's averaged 30 minutes, knocked down 42% from the field, yeah, still yeah. over 41% from beyond the arc, right? So he still has, even with some of those struggles, the stat lines are still there for you, even understanding. He's given them more than they thought they were getting as a, as a free agent signing. Like, exactly. Like for sure, 100%. He, is, he has gotten, the Nets have gotten more out of him than we all thought I think possible. And everyone was super bullish on this signing, right? Like, so right. <laughs> everyone like, loved, everyone loved the signing. And I think that everyone can agree, even with some tail off in the shooting, which is to be expected based on just the sheer amount of minutes that he's played. I think that 
like it's very clear that the season would be very different if it not been for him. So, okay. So you get the Kyrie thing, you get the Patty Mills thing. I'll throw out my guy. And yeah. I think, I think that it's, this is the, because this is actually who I thought it was to start. I just thought it was James Hart. And, but I, and I think it's funny because one, like in all the comments, one other person said hard, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like, except that this is where like the Harden case is the opposite of the Kyrie case because the heart, the Harden, it ended so bad. Right. So we have, there's an absolute stink in your mouth, whatever it is. It's stink in your mouth, bad taste in your mouth, stink yeah, in your, I think bad taste is better. Bad, bad smell taste. in the nose. Maybe I, I don't think it's stink in your nose, bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. I mix met. Sometimes I mix metaphors too. Oh, it smells bad somewhere. The bad, the bad results. So like it ended so poorly that you would be, it's almost impossible to remember the good. It's like, why? No, it's like, why when you break up with a girlfriend, you're not be like, yeah, but those first months, they were so great. It's like, nah, the last two months sucked. And like I was, and I was moving out on a Saturday, you know, and my crap got stolen out of my car. You know, like this is like this, that's the thing you remember from walking away from it. But he played 44 games for this team. He's second on the team in win shares. Like they had a very good record over the course of the season when he was actually playing, right? Like he was absolutely crucial with the with Kyrie was was not there at the beginning of the season to like be able to just even be a decent team and not have it all go on Durant. Like that stuff is really, really forgotten Mm -hmm. because of how badly it ended. And so while an awards dinner would probably not have him coming back and getting called up to the podium to like have him give a speech about like how great the season was, you're I do think you're doing a disservice to remembering just like how this season was going when he was playing well, even when it was like not totally shape. He's playing like 40 minutes a game. He's averaging like, I don't know, something like early on in the season was like a 25, 10 and nine, right? Like for an extended stretch yep. of games. I know that everyone forgets this, but you got 44 games of that out of James Harden. Like I, I actually thought right away that it was hard and, and not close, but because of how it ended, no one would think of it that way. Well, no, and I, so like the, the one part of it is right. Like, if, if you have to take out of the context pool the games where this guy was just kind of shutting it down, waiting for the trade, right? Because there's probably seven to ten games there where what was the? You impact? think it was that many? I don't know if it was that many. I mean, clearly the Sacramento one, like the Minnesota game, was a train wreck. The, um, I mean, I would say like the last four, but like if you yeah. go back, if you go back, so Sac, they, and they lose four in a row. It looks terrible, obviously punctuated by one of the worst games ever to be played by a superstar in modern NBA day history, which was against the Kings. And then they get traded, right? Like, mm-hmm. but if you go four games before that against San Antonio, I mean, he played 37 minutes. They won. He dropped 37, 11 and 10. Like he wasn't dogging it for that game. And that was four games before it ended. Right? What were, so like, yeah, while you have that up, cause I, I want to put this in some context. What was that, that record there in the take away the last four where it got bad, but cause he was playing there though, without Kevin Durant, were they winning more of those games than not there? Just as you look, you know, you get broad stroke. It doesn't have to be an exact science about when Kevin Durant was or was not there because what I was going to say was the other context to this. I, I maybe that would, that you could, if you want to make the case against it, would be you mean like before like it really goes off the rails with the last four like remove the last four games yeah when what, Kevin Durant what that is hurt, yeah, he's I, doing I, it by himself for a little bit there yeah yeah they were uh they were six and five yeah they okay. were six and you five know, and so- then ultimate but ultimately they were six and eleven like they were six and eleven one oh no uh six and yeah six and eleven uh no no sorry sorry Jeez. six and nine they were six and nine um without from the run between Kevin Durant being injured yeah. to Harden getting traded. They were six and okay. nine. So, so and, and again, and, and, and again, it ended as bad as it can end. Right. Like I get that. 
but so my point was gonna my point was just gonna be like so take say 500 right take away with the the end of it there he played like where he's made you're saying like where he's made a choice like he's like exactly let's let's take off those back end but you still played a 500 when kevin durant's not there and i guess if you wanted to because if you tell me if you go back to remember last year where james harden did a lot of heavy lifting for this team as well like last year you could have made the we talked about it last season he was the most important brooklyn net for everything that he had to do there but i would also then probably look at Remember when Kevin Durant stepped out on the court with a bag full of rookies and got some really big wins for Brooklyn. I might contextualize that in terms of who's been the second best now. And this is where you're really, you're talking about splitting hairs over. Well, what, what is the value? The win, the win shares matters over a lot of other things. The numbers, the stats alone tell you, and he had big performances. So I, I wonder if, again, same thing when I said at the top there about Kyrie. Well, if they had this exponentially large win factor over those 19 games he's played, maybe I would make the case for it. If James Harden, in the absence of Kevin Durant, where you'd say even sans the the games where he was no longer interested, if they had gone over 12 games. Well, if you tell me over 12 games you went 9-3 and without Kevin Durant, yeah. then you're making an even stronger case that you're as important as anyone is to it. And then we're really, we're getting in the weeds on whether or not this guy had checked out. But when you give stat lines like 37, you know, 37 point games, you can't be checked out no matter how good you are and put up performance. And this is what I mean. I just, I just trying to remind, and I know we're going to move on to another yeah. thing here, but like this is why I'm just trying to remind people, like I get it. The last four, and I've said this three times, but like I, I, the last four were really bad. Yes. Before that, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> like over the course of the month before he was 24, 11 and eight. Right on like 33% shooting, 17 shots, uh, three, four, 17 shots a game, you know, getting to the line eight times, knocking those down at 87%. Like the team was, they had some wins in there. Like, you know, they, not all of them were great wins, but you know, they beat Chicago in there. Like, so yeah, they lost to Oklahoma. Some of these are kind of damning, but the, in general, I just want to, I just want to like have Nets fans pump the brakes a little bit. Cause like some people did jump in yep. and they're like, you can't, you know, on the way he left, I'm like, great. That's not what I'm asking. Of course. Like he, he's the LVP for the way he left. I get that part of it. Right. It's just that you can't just take, you can't lop off the 44 games. Cause if they didn't have him for those 44 games guaranteed a hundred percent guaranteed the record, the record's worse. The, well, yes, no, no two ways about that. And it is asking that that hard question of remove the emotion from it as a Brooklyn Nets fan. I'll give you a somewhat emotional possibility if we look around this roster a little bit deeper right after we, of course, tell you about AG1 from Athletic Greens. And that is because Doug Norrie will be taking one big scoop of this tomorrow morning. Already did. Already did this, already did this there morning. You go. Yeah. Watch out. Watch out. This guy's going to be bucking the trend. This cold can't hold him down. And that's because with one scoop of AG1 from Athletic Greens, You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens that are going to help you get your day started off right. This special blend of ingredients supports not only your gut health, but also your nervous system, your immune system. It gives you more energy, recovery, focus, and battles that evil enemy, time and age. All of these things are included, and it's just a great, easy way. You get up in the morning before I even think about having a meal. I get a scoop of this, stir it in drink it down. And I know that I'm getting the dose of all these important nutrients and pro probiotics and everything else. That's just going to help me have a good day. It really, I, I do not often get my hands on a product like this and really lean into it and think that it's good for me and doing a great job for it. Clean product. Absolutely essential that you get over and try AG one from athletic greens. You will not regret it. 
And the other thing you won't regret if we're speaking about getting healthy is diving in on Built Bar. That's because our long-standing friends of the show are giving you those great-tasting protein bars covered in 100% real chocolate. You know they're going to be good-tasting and good for you. It's not just the bars. They also have the first-of-its-kind ever protein-infused marshmallow bars. They're going to be covered in 100% real chocolate as well. And when you dive in on the stat lines, you know we're big on those. Just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, just 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Packing a punch, none of those 30-gram dirty sugar candy bars you're thinking about tasting. With all the delicious flavors from coconut, coconut, almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. Get over to Built.com where all those new flavors are coming out, and you know they're going to taste great and be good for you emotionality doug let's talk about another guy though who again maybe this is the uh, recency bias where as patty mills has faded over time and his role looks a little diminished there's another man that we've been speaking glowingly about and that's one bruce brown this is the this is the emotional tie that I'll, i'll make the pitch for him because when you go back and look we know that he hasn't been the most important player from an offensive standpoint and since the trade which maybe can also be a reason why James Harden shouldn't be the second best player because he was hurting Bruce Brown's value. Since the trade, we've seen how much better he's been on the offensive end, scoring in double digits with consistency. We mentioned last episode about the assist numbers going up, and this has been in some of the more recent games in the absence of Seth Curry. Obviously, no Kyrie when you're in those home game scenarios as well. But even go back to the beginning of the year, his defensive value was still there for this team. He's the second highest behind Patty Mills in games played for the roster, and he's averaged. He had one month in there where he averaged only 17, 18 minutes, and you thought his role was going to go away. Prior to that, though, he was giving you 24 to 27 minutes a game. And when you think about the early portion of this season, before they dipped their toe into the Kessler Edwards water, who had defensive upside first, name another player on this team that was giving you defensive minutes. So when you talk about you know, critical in terms of some of these wins that they were able to get over the early portion of the season, even alongside Patty Mills, who is not going to be a defensive stopper for you. Why not Bruce Brown, who's shown up and been consistent for this team, something that they have just lacked across the roster? Yeah, see, this is the sneaky dark horse one that no, that no, most people would not throw out there, I think. Because um, I don't He's think the one I would... lean to. I lean to Bruce. <clears throat> There's a good statistical case for him because the in ways that you, you'd be like floored by, it's mo- again, it's all got to be taken in the context of this season and who has not been available as much as who has been available. Yep. Right. But between what happened to the trade deadline with them shipping off some like some um guys that could have like gotten in his way in terms of playing time like Bembry and Carter right when they're talking about like sort of like this point of attack defense and maybe versatile guys who were not exactly you know Swiss Army Knight Carter's not exactly like this but like Swiss Army Knight we're not sure what they do but it's clear that it's like something good right like they have roles in the offense but it's like a little harder to define Bruce Brown is not the guy that jumps off the page but when you look at those things we talked about before availability, right? Like even with him being kind of buried at times in this rotation, not for huge stretches, but clearly like wasn't starting and was not in first or second rotation sometimes Mm -hmm. for multiple stretch during the season where it would seem weirdly to come and go. Now that we're down to it, he is fourth overall in minutes on the season behind Mills, Mills, Harden still is number two for the Nets, Uh, Durant and then Bruce Brown is uh, when we talk about just overall minutes. You know who number five is? I couldn't believe this. Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas has played the fifth most minutes on the team this season. And he's the third highest total games played on the season. Only two starts, but he's behind Patty Mills, Bruce Brown, and then it's Cam Thomas. It's insane. It's insane. So anyway, 
but then if you look at win shares, now look, win shares are not a perfect stat because they one they they do focus a little bit more like on bigs and defense. Luckily, the Nets don't have tons of those guys, so there's no one to get there's no one to really uh, <laughs> rock it up the win share charts in this case. But because Bruce Brown so, does pile on defensive stats, which do does matter for win shares, he is actually third overall in win shares this season behind Durant and Harden. Which again, I think would shock most people. Because like there's been a very real impact. Again, that's a little bit of an imperfect stat. So, but basketball, if there's one thing basketball stats cannot agree on is like who should be at the tops of some of these like win warp and like value of replacement, win shares, PR, like all of them have definitely like Raptor, they all have definitive flaws, like right. for sure. And so the so there can be, I mean, they're usually like really it's funny about this. I know I'm going on. They're usually very good around the top. Like most stats are going to be like, dude, it's, it's like Jokic, it's Embiid, it's Giannis. Like that's the group. It's when you get down below that group that these the stats cannot seem to figure it out. Like I said, Raptor, like, <laughs> right. Raptor, Raptor, like Garrison Matthews, like a top 20 player. It's like, hey, you might like you might have forgot to carry the one here. Like, I, like I'm not sure if he's above like some of these. <laughs> anyway, so long, long story short, Bruce Brown is top three in win shares, top five in VORP on this team. Like the Raptor rating is good. Like this is that would be a sneaky call to say and like and we know and if you and if you want a little recency bias he's been great recently and he that's why that's why i think listen i think patty mills was was a, was a larger example because the miniatures and everything else but i i think i'll go with bruce brown as being the second most important player on this team and by the way just to throw it in there and in home games when you haven't had kyrie irving he shot 47 percent from the field it's all around the basket but 40 percent from beyond the arc he's kicked in those eight and a half points per game at home 14 over the last 10, but also the steal factor. Again, the defensive component of this cannot be overlooked when you don't have some of the scoring, whether it's at home games or in the absence of some of these other players. So uh, listen, why not Bruce for a guy who, by the way, what's the, for a player that Nets fans at a point were like, how we will trade this guy away before we trade away Javon Carter. I, we want to dump this guy as quick as we can here. We stand and it's why the season is long and you try to hold off on these perspectives on players and their value to a team because now here we are down the stretch and he might end up being as crucial as anyone as the Nets try to make the playoffs. Other guys that were thrown in here as we just get out of here. Um, there was a little Marcus Aldridge mentioned. Uh, someone mentioned Claxton. Obviously there was the old faithfuls that we just talked about uh, leading up until now. I mean, the Aldridge case was that he's been very consistent when he has played. I would just say he just at this point hasn't played enough. Um, yeah. And like coming in off the bench for that many minutes to Claxton to me, hasn't played nearly enough and just been impactful. So I don't think you can really uh, include him. Uh, um, you're not going to get enough minutes out, even if they started playing like all the game, the rest of the games now out of Dragic and Curry to probably make the case. I mean, maybe we get, you know, it's only 12 more games. So like, I mean, maybe they, I don't think anyone supplants any of the guys we've mentioned already, right. but Curry gets um, like 23 games. Could he make a strong case for himself? If he keeps scoring 20, probably not now. Nah, Cause yeah. if you figure Bruce Brown is going to play the rest of this, like you'd still have to put yeah. him over. So yep. I yep. just thought, yeah, this was really interesting. Was awesome. I, like God, what's that? No, no, this was, this was awesome. I, I didn't have anything to do with this outside of helping Doug speak today, but this was a really good When You text me. I was like, man, that is a fascinating question to pose at this stage of the season. Yeah. It's really, it's not great. It's not great when you're talking this stage of the season, <laughs> like unless, you know, we're not talking about, you know, peak warriors where it's like, I don't know, Draymond's defensive impact, but then you got Durant, you got Curry, Clay. They couldn't do it without him. <laughs> like, you know, it's just, you know, we're talking, it's not exactly the exact same conversation we're having. All right. All right. So, uh, you know, what? I was going to say, thanks. 
um, excuse me, I was going to, I wanted to say thanks for Adam because Adam was not supposed to appear on this podcast today. This was supposed to be a solo effort. You can hear my voice. Absolute Lord's work this guy's doing. Um, so really thanks to Adam for jumping back in here. Um, in the meantime, make sure you go over and check out the YouTube channel. We will have this episode and all the other ones up over there. Like and subscribe over on YouTube. What a conversation, friends, and why not? B-E-A-utiful Bruce Almighty. Oh, one of the all-time great poets. We'll be back again next week talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball.